Hey man, welcome out to channel14.com's Bodega Nights. I'm Zhao, that's Norm, and Martin is recording Third World Gaming, I think. Yeah, we're doing a multicast kind of episode in different locations. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, if, if I remember correctly, we've actually done something similar to this before, like back in, shall we call it, the heyday of Channel 14, where everybody was like recording Bodega Nights, and then AG and I just sort of dropped out and recorded a third world Linux episode and popped back into the Bodega Nights. Yeah. Like, I, I seem to remember that happening once or twice. And also, um, if Norm sounds a little bit different today, it's because he doesn't have his microphone. So, no, there we go. The wonders of technical limitations. Um, <laughs> but it's all about the content, right? It isn't about, like, the technical side things. Yeah, I mean... I imagine the listeners are listening in to what we say and not necessarily how we sound, I guess. But we'll find out. <laughs> once, once like the numbers for this episode comes in and it's like minuscule. Really boils down to the quality of the voice. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, so, um, as we're recording this, uh, what, most of the Philippines is coming into what we're terming is general community quarantine. So, when is the second wave coming? Is there a second wave? I mean, it's not like coffee, you know. It's, I, it's, you contest that there's a, even a first wave, right? Like, we're not even done with the right. initial one. We haven't even... So I, like, right, we don't have an idea yet of how bad the situation actually is, to call it a first wave. So, So, this is like the... The point five wave. <laughs> this is we're on the eve of the beginning of the second outbreak, I, I believe, in the Philippines, and like a bunch of people know that. Yeah, which is pretty good though, because like that means not too many people are going to be going out. I hope. We hope, but you know, the people who can choose to not go won't, and the people who can't afford to will have to. I mean, that's the socio-economic divide right there. Right. So, like, wait, wait, wait. What about you, dude? Like, do you have to show up at work? Um, I hope I don't have to. We haven't been told yet to exactly physically go to work. Right. But, like, so far... So far, no. We haven't... There, there's no return to work order coming in. Order. Right, right. But, like, you, you've been able to get a lot of your work done, like, from home, right? Yeah. It's, it's th- thankfully, we, the magic of email and online systems makes it possible for us to do most, or if not all, of the work online. It's just a little bit more complicated because you you can't just go to the other room and poke the person whose deadline has passed to follow up, <laughs> you know? It's not that easy anymore. Yeah. They can just choose to ignore all channels. You call, you text. That's really right. all. Um, Man, this is why, like, I'm actually really thankful for the boss that I have. Because, like, she's she's the type of person that that will look for the most efficient way to get something done. And right, and there was there was one day that she like had a meeting with all of us. And then after that, she had like individual meetings with each of us. And after that day, she uh, just said like, all right, 
I've I've come to the I've come to the conclusion that anything that's going to be or anything that can be an email is going to be an email. And ever since then, we've been getting like emails. I don't know, like every other day or something, um, saying that like, all right, so here's what we have to do for the day, or here's what we have to do for the week, um, and like we leave our or we keep our. Uh, meetings to a minimum and only if we need to like discuss something as a group so that's something that's gotten uh, that's something that I'm quite thankful for well that's that's great I mean I, I think it really boils down to how your management is able to well manage the the staff and the workflow right yeah and so I cleaned my room today <laughs> and it's it's um oh man such such first world problems man it's, it's <laughs> so 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 i have a i have a smart plug for my air conditioner and it's right it's it's kind of been acting up and i i think it's the problem of the app or something uh, so i haven't been able to turn my air conditioner on using my phone you're right. This is a first world problem. This is—it's such a—it's it's total first world problem. So like, I was cleaning my room without without the air without the air conditioning. It's like you know, ah, let's let's um let's let's sweat a little bit, man. The uh, electric bills have been really high lately. We can uh we can we can do this, and then after like a couple of hours, like all right, time to turn on the air conditioning. It won't turn on. It, it won't turn on, dude. Like, <laughs> sad life. Patay. <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, having, why, why is there is there no way to turn it on manually anymore? Are there no buttons on the thing? That's why you have to resort. There's even, there isn't even a remote control. You have to resort to a phone app. Yeah. So I just unplugged the thing. I, I just, like, removed the, the plug and just plugged it in directly to the wall and did it, like... Old school. Old school. That's so sad that I say it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so dumb that I say it like that. But um, I don't know. Yeah, first world problem. But at the same time, really cool. Because I get to schedule I get to schedule the air conditioner a lot more efficiently, I guess. Like, I can have it turn on, turn off, down to the minute, and have it repeating so I can just sort of set it and forget it. It's kind of like an amazing so, like, thing to think about. Like, huge segue, but, you know, it's like technological progress is really fast if you consider it uh, how what is it how we're it wasn't so long ago when we were what kids and we only had like probably electric fans and the more the further on we go you have the air conditioners and the the more fancy stuff available at home and now you've got what your air conditioner which you can only access using your phone <laughs> <laughs> right, but I, I don't know, man. Um, f- funnily enough, it has saved money on the electric bill, right? Because like the because the air conditioner is on for like the minimum amount of time. Like it's just enough time for me to like walk into my room for it to be cold, fall asleep, and once I'm asleep, which usually takes like an hour or two, the thing turns off. So my air conditioner is on maximum like three hours a day. You know, that's nice. Which is right. So it's 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 probably worth the price of entry, right? <laughs> it has paid for yeah. what it's a, what it does. Yeah, same same with my lights. <laughs> the 
first world right lights do they do they also yeah, respond to your phone uh yeah yeah so like i, I don't know I, i i completely sold out man like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we still have like this one fluorescent bulb in the house it still hasn't died so we haven't replaced it so i mean with a uh, that that tin round capacitor i forget yeah yeah um something that Something that I did was uh, for the light downstairs. Um, I used an adapter, so it's like this little, it's like this thing that you screw into like the light socket or whatever, and then you screw the light into the adapter, and like that's how it works. Yeah, and it's essentially like a smart bulb, which is really cool. Huh? That's better. Well, better than having the bulb integrated with the wireless functionality, I imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Throw away the bulb, throw away the router. Yeah, that's the problem, though. Um, If if you have, like, problems with the internet, like, you know, things can get pretty manual. (laughs) Oh, I have to flip a switch. How do I do that when my phone is dead and my charger is missing? No. Flip the switch. Like, physically flip the switch using your phone. <laughs> I'm stuck with a neon pink room. No. Now, that's something that I really want to do, though. Like, uh, like when I start teaching my classes online, want to be like, all right, class, uh, I'm not going to outwardly express any sort of anger. I'm not going to yell. But when I start getting angry, the lights will turn red. <laughs> like an ominous movie what was that movie theme yeah yeah dude like the lights start turning red okay class and then just get like really passive aggressive with them dun, 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 dun. oh yeah that'd be really cool too if I play like the imperial march in the background or like I could or I could set the lights to sort of like change um, to change like their luminosity or whatever like to make yeah. them like brighter and darker Like automatically and mess with them, be like my grandmother died in this room. <laughs> so if things start getting wonky, man, like just understand. Then like the lights start flickering. For a graded recitation, the worse they get it, the the redder the room gets. <laughs> oh, that's so cool! Like if it's correct, blue. Yay! Or like green. Or if it's wrong, red. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Start conditioning them to be wary of the red light. But then at the same time, though, I'm like, I'm thinking of using a green screen, right? Like, like, like one of them douchey YouTubers, you know, like, like pop open OBS and have like a green screen for the PowerPoint presentations and have my have my head like right at the bottom and maybe like include a picture of the class and maybe have like a picture of, of like the classroom as the background, you know, just to like mess with them. I don't know. Maybe it's the like, future, yeah. <laughs> hmm? We might we might be making fun of it now, but we might it might be the future for all of us. Yeah, dude. But like it's um it's, it's like what uh what AG was talking about like the last time he was on Bodega Nights. Um what was it that he said? Like we have to go where the kids are, right? I don't particularly agree with him 100% on that. Like I wouldn't um I wouldn't have a school Discord, for example, because you know, <laughs> keep school, like keep school in Google Meet or whatever, um, or, or whatever like LMS they're going to use. I'm 
hoping they use Canvas. Uh, but like keep school there. That way the kids can have their sacred Minecraft space in um, in Discord. You know, it's, it's sort of like you're not supposed to you're not supposed to cross streams, right? Yeah, yeah. Having uh, having different social channels for different things. Yeah, it's not just a different chat room. It's a different atmosphere altogether. Right, but but then at the same time, um, I, I get the feeling that, or at the same time, I need to use the language of the kids, right? So um, that means sort of using the visual language of, say, a Twitch streamer, because that's sort of what they're used to. And the way that that works, or the way like the sort of quote-unquote YouTube tutorial sort of thing works is, freaking you have like the, uh, you have like your presentation or whatever it is um, as the big thing that you see on screen, but that doesn't mean that uh, the teacher is like off screen, right? She's like right in the bottom. Yeah. So that's sort of like the visual language that the kids are used to, and I'm trying to find a way to sort of adapt that into my le- to to adopt that language in into my lessons, particularly since I'm a uh, media literacy teacher. So it would really suck if the media literacy teacher wasn't like up to date, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's absolutely necessary. Uh. That's like, going to be fun. I imagine yeah. the challenge there is going to be like, how do you visualize lessons? It's There's a huge difference between what, a, let's say, a video game streamer does and, let's say, what uh, a normal class lesson PowerPoint is in terms of dynamics and, yeah, visuals. <laughs> yeah. So you got to be more animated, I guess, somehow in that smaller box of yours on the screen. Yeah, hence, hence the red light. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's sort of... Uh, a lot has to change. Um, like, I'm not going to be... Uh, I'm not going to be able to do the hour-long lecture anymore, which is something that I'm kind of going to miss, you know? But do you, though? Like, I, 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 hate to, I hate to, like, interrupt, but I got to raise the question. Do you have to lie... Do you to be there live, right? To teach the lessons? Because we've had... Uh, we have YouTube channels that are dedicated to some like docu series. They're pretty educational, entertaining, and then they don't have to be live. They're just up there on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. That um, if if it were completely up to me, like that's how the majority of contact time with the students would be. Like I just put up, I just put together a video, put it up on uh, like the Google Drive or freaking. I think they're, I think they're going Microsoft, right? So I'll just put it up on the OneDrive, and um, they watch. But at the same time, something that. Uh, something that's really missing with virtual education is that sort of meaningful connection that you make with another human being. So in a school that can afford to have faster internet connections or where the kids can afford to have faster internet connections, um, it would only seem right to have some sort of synchronous element to their education because if it's sort of purely asynchronous then um you're taking away what's left of the human element of education mm-hmm. right you know so it's um even if even if the synchronous portion isn't uh isn't as interactive as a classroom um it 
it it's still um it's still kind of important in a way you know i'm trying i don't disagree i'm just trying to imagine how that could happen and i'm not really seeing it right now uh, but that's um, a limitation of my imagination the plan that I, the the plan that i have um it, it involves the chat right so uh the 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 online component of virtual education uh the online component really making it hard for you to explain this yeah um how do you put this my my plan is to talk like five ten minutes at a time that's it like after about five minutes or yeah after about five or ten minutes um open the floor for questions people don't necessarily have to uh speak into their microphones they can just drop their questions in the chat or any comments that they have and if anybody wants to comment on that then they can either speak or use the chat function right so that sort of that sort of thing again it's sort of the language of um live content on the internet right the chat is quite central to the entire experience for um the viewer and the content creator so that's something that i probably should be or that, that i do plan to leverage right mm-hmm. makes sense not another question would be if what if would rather would a lot of teachers be able to adopt this because there's i mean there's there's going to be a lot of educators who won't be able to adopt the streaming persona I guess, or, or the performance necessary for that kind of discussion, or am I wrong? Oh, it's it's, it's gonna be a complete <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't doubt that one bit. <laughs> but at least you know, try to come in with a plan. Yeah, the, fr- the first iteration of anything is gonna be shit, right. Yeah. So <laughs> this too. Just gonna have to iron it out as we go along. We're actually lucky, dude, because like we've been podcasting for what years. close to ten years now. So you know, at least the talking into microphone part isn't something that is particularly difficult for me anymore. What's going to be tough is to- is, is looking straight at the camera and sort of sitting still. So you're gonna have to have like that kind of acting moment where you're trying to pass empathy onto a camera. Look like the puppy dog eyes. Hey, please do your assignments. Like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, like and subscribe. <laughs> and on that note, if you're listening, please support us with our Patreon. It's on channel14.com. It's that Patreon button on the right side of the screen. I, I, I fully intend to, like, plug all of our stuff, you know? <laughs> like, um, subtly, like, include references to the podcast on um, and maybe drop a link or something uh, that's a that's gonna be a challenge I'm looking forward to hearing the stories about it yeah it was, I don't know man but then at, at the same time I feel um, part, part of me doesn't want my students to listen to the podcast <laughs> like if Why? third world Linux if third world Linux was still uh, active I have the teacher. I have the teacher persona, but then, like, once I'm on Third World Linux, if you listen to some of those old episodes, it's like the complete opposite of what I'm supposed to be as a high school teacher. Ah, right, and it, it sort of bleeds into Bodega Nights as well, even though, like, um, 
even though what I was on Third World Linux is a lot toned, a lot more toned down on Bodega Nights. Like it's still sort of there, you know the the stuff that could get me like either fired or arrested for terrorism once that new bill is passed. I guess law, there are some episodes we're gonna have to delete. <laughs> <laughs> is it like I was like, is there? I mentioned a riot in a Radio Norm episode. Do I have to delete that now? <laughs> eh, ah, this is how liberty dies. If I may, if I may quote that one terrible Star Wars movie. With thunder as a plus. Not for the most part, right? For the most part, I haven't really been, you know, bitching too much about the government and all of that. I mean, not as much as, say, like I used to on Third World Linux, right? Right. Uh you know, it, it, I suppose it's something that comes with age. We just become so desensitized to all of the bull that the government, like, we just forget it. But <laughs> this, you know, this this anti-terrorism bill that they're trying to that they're trying to push, like, isn't the Human Security Act sufficient to curb terrorism? And it's it's, it's just the effective implementation of that old law that could help, right? Like, I don't know, man. They could be doing more productive things with their time this congress of ours you know they could be doing stuff like maybe talking about franchise renewal or you know an actual plan for covid i agree <laughs> they could be doing something much much more productive <laughs> right instead of like trying to silence the dissent <laughs> and why though i mean like do you really expect people to not complain at this time you're doing a really job that's dissent it's treason you're gonna be arrested well we're gonna have to uh live with it for a little bit longer given the state of progress and speaking of progress they finally um the government finally gave up you know like i I get the feeling that this whole like sudden shift or this whole shift uh um, sort of relaxing, relaxing the lockdown is essentially the government just saying, "All right, public sector, or like, all, all right, private sector, just whatever." Privatize. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, not you know, not 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 specifically testing, but like just them saying, "Do whatever." It's it's uh, it's really got me. Everybody's worried for a lot of different reasons. Majority of it is because nobody wants to get sick with COVID. You know, yeah, and it's uh, it's 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 been kind of like the lack of transparency is just straight up worrying in general. Yeah, like at what point where 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 are we? How safe are we? We don't know, but we're relaxing the laws for quarantine. Why? Just because? <laughs> well, because uh, because people because people need to get back to work. That's that's, that's the baseline of it that's the only reason why we're doing it because people gotta work and yeah that's it that's that's I, I don't know I feel disappointed by that Jao like what do you mean like why it just because I guess that's the laziest way to do it like why if we, if we boil if, if we break that down like okay well, we're, we're relaxing the loss why because people gotta work why because people gotta earn money why? Because people gotta eat. You know, uh, there's 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 a lot of other motivations, of course. But you know, it's if we if if we're able to fix the the core issues, you don't have to necessarily 
go back to the same work, you know? Oh man, fixing the core issues. It, but it's I know it's 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 a lot of work. It's a lot of progress that probably will not be able to do because speed. <laughs> now, this is this is actually something that I've been thinking about for like in in relation to the pandemic, right? Um, there is there is such distrust in our government as an institution. And I was thinking, like, why? You know? Um, and I, I refuse to believe that it is something that happened because of our current president. Right? Like, sure, you know, um, I, 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 don't, I don't trust our government, but I didn't trust the previous government. It's a healthy and, thing to do, not trust your government. Right? But, like, you know, o- only a... Only a fool would say that I can complete. I, I can trust my government completely. But um, in in the Philippines, whoever or whichever party or whoever is in power, there is always that level of distrust because we know that these guys are corrupting a lot of like our taxpayer pesos, right? Taxation is theft. Um, I, I I suppose it's 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 not hard to do. Especially when you're like, uh, when we've given the history that we've had, like in the region of, let's say, ASEAN, just economies wise, we were once one of the rising, what was that, the Asian tiger? Was it called? One of the best economies in yeah. Asia way back when. And that's what that was before COVID, when we were kids, right? And then all you, you see Vietnam and you see Thailand, and they're doing much, much better now. Now we are, and you, you got to ask, like, what happened? Where did that all go? I would like to think that it's just so baked into our political system. Like, if we if we look at every single president that we've had, it's 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 all the same problems that we have now: freaking political dynasties, corruption, people screwing each other. You know, um, the the thing that struck me the most was. Um, Andres Bonifacio was cheated out of the first presidency, like as early as the first president of the republic, right? As 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 early as Aguinaldo, we've we've already had like dirty politics, and so from then until now, it's the same. We have slowly but surely been building this distrust of our government, and. After all those years of history, when it counts, when we actually need to trust the government... We can't. <laughs> we can't. And our government isn't doing anything to get us to trust them. Yeah, they've been very you know? consistently capable of dropping the ball every time. <laughs> so we, I mean, we, we've gone... As, as a country, we've gone through so many typhoons, so many disasters, natural, viral, you know... Southeast Asia's been getting it for how many how many times in the past ten years? And every 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 massive yeah. thing, it's like the leaders are just doing the bare minimum of doing their all right, we'll do these handouts, we'll give you food, here's some rice. <laughs> essentially essentially vote buying. Vote for me. Yeah. And and now when you actually need tough leadership, it's you know, it's it's, it's really hard to come by. Especially when they created this ecosystem that allows them to keep doing what they are doing. And we kind of just say thanks for whatever we do get. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> this is what we got. Thanks, guys. Uh, I, I, I generally hope that they 
Oh, everybody gets their shit together. Uh, oh, yeah. We are... I don't know. Tomorrow is a new day. <laughs> Metro Manila will find the general community quarantine on full active roster without the transportation system that can support it. I mean, the transport system, the public transport system in Manila is like, it was straining to contain the crowds before at full capacity. And now with half capacity and limited, what, buses? Limited transport capacity in general is just, I, I really don't know how a lot of the people who are supposed to need to get to work are gonna get there, especially if the system is kind of rigged against them. Yeah, so I'm. That's why I'm really hoping, 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 hoping that sixty um, percent, maybe. No, it's it, it can't because it's at full. We have to get something like seventy percent of people working to work from home in order for their proposed social distancing measures for like public transport to work, huh? Yeah, a lot, a lot of jobs will definitely be eliminated by this, and that's what I'm seeing. It's like. Future-wise, if if this goes on somehow in for for five long years, God God willing, it doesn't. You know, it's a huge ton of jobs will be gone. Just yeah, and we're gonna have to re what? We're gonna have to re you know re educate, retool ourselves, re-equip ourselves for different work. Right, which which quite sadly is. Easy, easy enough for us. Yeah, but, we're, we're the privileged you know. few. Yeah, right. As as um, because we actually have access and consistent access to the internet. We have. We also have access. Uh, we also sorry. We also have the technology for it too. So that's that's also a factor. Not every home has a computer now. Everybody just makes do with a cell phone. So, so it used to be you could you could maybe do some paperwork because every house has a PC or something. But now, no. You need you need that internet connection. That's quite expensive. You know. Yes. Like it's it's gatekeeping prices. And it's not gonna get any cheaper anytime soon. It depends on what happens when a fully foreign-owned telco makes its way to the Philippines. We'll find out. I mean, they're also battling COVID. Yeah, but, like, imagine Google Fiber or whatever coming to the Philippines. It's just, like, freaking pipe dream. Imagine something like that coming in and not having to partner with a local company. What that would do to the rest of the telcos or what that would do to the other two telcos that we have, right? I imagine, like, um, what is this? A surge in... There's going to be a huge surge in social media use, definitely, if, if not even more so. Um, we've only been able to maximize internet use in, what, the major provinces and Metro Manila so far. We haven't actually reached all of the Philippines yet, right? Because islands, yeah. you know. <laughs> but once we do, that's going to be great. Uh, for the resurgence of economy, though, I imagine, like... <clears throat> Where are we? A vast majority of workers can shift to what? Logistics work? Man, this is enough. This is something that um, I can't believe I'm going to say. But, you know, as much as I didn't like Arroyo as a president, there was one thing that she got right, which is exactly where the next administration dropped the ball on. She got the Roro right. Huh. Um... Something that is really difficult to do 
in the Philippines is drive from Manila to Cebu or drive from Manila to Cagayan de Oro, right? Right. And like when it comes to logistics and when it comes to getting goods from point A to point B, the probably the best way to do it is to have it on one truck the entire journey, right? Instead of having to stop, unload at a port, get that on a boat, and then on the next island, unload from the boat, put it on the next truck, etc. Um, the entire Roro system was supposed to bridge that gap by getting a whole bunch of boats that a whole bunch of cars could get on and go from island to island. That's, that's one way to do it, yeah. Right? Because it would be impossible. Well, not impossible, but it wouldn't be cost-effective for us to build bridges and tunnels connecting all of the islands of the Philippines as cool as that would be, right? So the solution that the Royal administration came up with was let's just get boats that cars can go on to effectively connect the islands. Hmm. All right. Next administration, next administration said um, not made here, so it just fell into disarray. Disarray or whatever. No, I'm not sure what the correct. Or I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is, but you know, like a lot of a lot of ports that would have been for this inter-island boat system, um, just are now overgrown with weeds and stuff. Oh, all right. So they were just you know put aside. Yeah, and current administration hasn't done anything to hasn't done anything to sort of help inter-island travel either. But they had this huge build, build, build plan. Yeah. I kind of lost track yeah. of how many roads they were supposed to build, but it's, it's moot now because most of them can't be built. <laughs> keep trying to keep track of promises is kind of tiring. This is, this is Donald Trump's fault, right? Because, like, um, because he, Donald Trump um, made it in vogue to, you know, not tell the truth. So now it's okay. Yeah. Or um, to say so, to. To say so much, the truth becomes irrelevant. You know, like um, I forgot the I forgot the author's name, but there was this this philosopher that talked about this concept called bullshit, which is um, where truth or falsehood doesn't matter in your statement. Or in a statement. All that matters is convincing or something. It's been a while. It's been about a it's been about a year since I've read it. But yeah, truth or falsehood of your statement doesn't matter. And um, his his argument is that uh, bullshit is probably worse than lying because a liar will admit truth and choose to disregard it, whereas a bullshitter doesn't um, doesn't acknowledge that there is a truth. That's that's great. Yeah, and um, by that definition, a lot of a lot of world leaders now are elected bullshitters, right? Because like the way they speak, it's that you get the uh, you get the feeling that truth or falsehood doesn't matter. All that matters is the narrative. Very postmodern in that way. It's very meta, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. It's like. Why? It's, it's you're, you're you're just throwing the lack of logic into the face of it. It's like, yeah, huh? It's just like I I see I see your falsehood and throw you something. <laughs> yeah, it's like doesn't matter. Or like I see, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's quite sad. That's uh, that, that's the thing with most of the leaders, populist leaders that 
got the power these days is you give the masses hope and you don't even have to make promises. You don't even have to come up with a plan. It's just, you know, we're just, we're going to do it. Do what? Do it. We're going to do it. We're going to be big. I, another thing that really frustrates me is that it's become a false dichotomy. It's become essentially a false dichotomy because um, because I hate this. I, I hate the rise of populist leaders almost as much as I hate traditional politics, <laughs> you know. And the rise of these admittedly terrible populist leaders was a direct response to politics as usual. Is there no other alternative, though? It's like, everybody's allergic to... It's gonna be a long road ahead, but we're gonna get through it together. There's gonna be a lot of stuff you need to do. Everybody wants, like, the silver bullet, the magic spell. Like, we'll end corruption, that's it. That's the plan. We'll just stop it. Six months. Done. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. Libertarianism. (laughs) Taxation is theft. I don't know. It's uh, the world is in a strange place again, Joe. This is this is why. Yeah, See, this is why I was like so hesitant to do a two-man bodega bodega nights talk, especially with me in it, because most of my podcasts only last like two minutes. Yeah, there's a reason why <laughs> I keep going on. It's just it's depressing AF. <laughs> and you know, you know what I found from like editing the bodega nights episodes. Uh, you and I are the most quiet. <laughs> Right? Like, we're usually just listening to, like, Miko try to understand what he's saying, you know? And Martin, he's also quite talkative. Yeah. They, they have a lot to talk about, and it's really easy to process the, <laughs> the conversation in the background while they do so. And AG, dude, that one time that AG was here, he probably... Uh, the one time that he was here recently, he probably hogged like 80% of like all the airtime, which was funny. He missed the show. <laughs> he had a lot to say. He's been gone a while. <laughs> yeah, so like while editing the episodes, um, the two of us were the more quiet ones, which is, uh, which is pretty cool that the two of us end up on the two-man bodega nights. This is like the most chill episode we've had in years. It's uh, one of the most somber ones, too. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's like an underlying anger in this episode, but we're so chill about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. See, the world's going up in flames. Yeah, I know. Are you angry about it? Yeah, I know. I am. Are you up in arms about it? Not really. <laughs> uh, we, uh... It's like, it's... I don't know if it's going to contribute positively or not to it, so I'm just not... I haven't decided yet. <laughs> well, I think that anybody in our group, dude, like, if we... If we take to the streets be too tempted to like break stuff you know which is counterproductive yeah i guess yeah i mean it's def- it's definitely not gonna help things <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh what i i remember this this thing on twitter i saw about what was that everybody ignoring a waffle place and <laughs> looting everything else around it i just found that funny so so you're saying that we'd be the ones that would loot the waffle place. Yes, yes. <laughs> we, we'd be the ones who would be like, we'd be part of the looting, but we'll take a break, eat some waffles, and then go home. Right? You know? Be like, girls! Waffles! I just wanted waffles. <laughs> that's our that's our entire reason for going out, and we just end up, like, happening to run into <laughs> street protests. And then going out for waffles after. 
Like it's a regular thing. That's not, that's really um that's really forest gumpish. It just happens to be like at the um significant points of history or whatever the the premise of Forrest Gump was. Oh yeah. Yeah. He invented the smiley. He was <laughs> the longest distance runner. <laughs> he was the one that got Elvis Presley famous. And then what was that? He was also he also won a ping pong match against the Chinese. Forrest Gump. Yeah, I like that movie. <laughs> We need a Forrest Gump for 2020. It's that's that's what it means, man. It's like, you know, like your cousin always says, life is a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. Martin, Martin can be pretty Forrest. Martin can be like the Forrest Gump, you know. He's just there, happens to be there when shit hits the fan. Yeah, like right now, because he's 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 essentially a frontliner for the Philippine government. That's true. Yes. He's in, he's a frontliner in one of the deadliest places in the world for COVID, Brazil. Yeah, so not not only not only COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's beside the normal danger that he chose to put himself into. He could have said no. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was, just, he, he was like those astronauts that that launched today. They were like, you know, chance to get out of the Earth. Yes, I would like that ticket. Could be worse out there. He could have insisted on the Beijing assignment. <laughs> <laughs> if he, if he did that, I doubt he'd be able to join the podcast. Censored right before we enter. That's true, huh? <laughs> we'll be we'll be we'll be holding the podcast over what's it, uh, Weibo or something. That would be an interesting thought experiment. What would have happened if Martin uh, took that that Beijing assignment? Like, would we all have to get? Weibo or whatever the social media thing is there to keep in touch, or would he just you know drop out of the like drop off the face of the earth to us for like six years? <laughs> well, what I do know is he will still be complaining about the smelly neighbors. <laughs> Let's see, is this Zoom in China? <laughs> it should be. It's a Tencent company. It is not Tencent, but it they they, they were they got, they got in trouble because they've been sending data somewhere it was in China or Taiwan or something, right? Maybe maybe there's Zoom. Maybe they have their own version of Zoom, and we we'd have to download it onto our laptops. Like, get the warnings. Huh. It's been uh, flagged for piracy violations. Well, yeah, well it does it does look like Zoom is a thing in China, but um, <laughs> interesting. Zoom is banned by Taiwan's government over China's security fears. <laughs> See, 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 see. There's just real beef now with Taiwan. Well, this is uh, this is why I don't like the presidential spokesperson of Taiwan. No, of of, of the Philippines. Oh, because like, because he's not he's not wrong about the relationship between Taiwan and China and how the world views the relationship between Taiwan and China. Right? It's like everybody just sort of accepts that. Taiwan is part of China, but kind of act as though Taiwan isn't part of China. <laughs> you know, like um, it's that cousin that constantly disowns you. Yeah, but that's that's sort of how it is. Like there is this understanding by the international community that we tell the mainland that we don't recognize Taiwan. While at the same time deal with Taiwan as though they are an independent state, it's 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 yeah. politics at its truest. It's the best of both worlds. Technically, we're right on both accounts. 
Yeah, but then, you know, and, and it's one of those things that you're just not supposed to talk about in politics. And, like, the presidential spokesperson was just like, he brought it up. You're not supposed to bring that up, you know? But he did, and now we're here. Man, it's really sad, though. Like, like thinking about it, Taiwan is actually quite sad. Like, the whole situation, how they were essentially, like, pushed out of the international community. Yeah, like, ever since the mid-19... Ever since 1949, 1948, thereabouts, when um, when the Communist Party took over the mainland, they sort of pushed the government that is now Taiwan. See, I feel Taiwan. a little guilty that I I don't know the history of this being part Chinese, but <laughs> <laughs> could, couldn't they just pull a Singapore? Yeah, but um, this is the interesting thing. Taiwan still officially maintains that it is the rightful government over the mainland. <laughs> what? China is theirs. And they aren't wrong. Think about it like um, if the communists took over the Philippines, right? And they pushed the government that we have now to uh, Palawan. Right. Okay? So what we have is the communists... Um, if, yeah, effectively ruling the whole Philippines with the exception of Palawan and then wait 60 years you have to authentic governing bodies yeah yeah so Taiwan is still Taiwan maintains that it is the government of the entire China huh because they were kicked out you know <laughs> see it's just you know the the, the the, the most interesting part about this, and like I said, it wouldn't really cross our minds as much if it weren't for the backdrop that is. It's we're doing this in the middle of pandemic, guys. It's we're not supposed we're not supposed to be talking about wh- whatever struggles we had before. That's supposed to be small time stuff. Why is it the forefront? <laughs> and the virus is the background, right? Yeah, I, I like the imagery of that though. Like you know. Oh, the other thing is that. Um, the other reason that Taiwan can't just Singapore it up is because um, because China maintains that Taiwan is part of China. That, that they, what you mentioned about China and insisting that Taiwan is theirs is weird. Trying to run mm. it through the, the Philippines analogy you went through earlier just to make it simpler and smaller. But yeah, it feels weird. Because, yeah. you know, if, if it was really truly yours, you wouldn't let them govern it on, them all, on their own. Yeah, so, I don't know. Which brings us to Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was really funny. I read a news story that uh, the government of Taiwan is offering asylum to people that flee from Hong Kong. That's that's nice of them I, to do. In my mind, I was I, I was wondering what um, what the Chinese Communist Party thinks of that. Like, do they see that as domestic travel? They can't acknowledge it as non-domestic. <laughs> <laughs> That's goes against the policy, guys. We can't do that, right? Like, um, to quote Navy Five Hundred Four, checkmate China. Right? Either they can, and Hong Kong citizens can avail of it, and they'll be safe, or they can't, and China will have to back it up. Yeah, it's domestic trouble. <laughs> but then I, I don't know what the rules are, what China thinks its rules are when it comes to domestic travel, but. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're uh, slowly figuring out that China makes its own rules. <laughs> it's the economic power we gave them. <laughs> yeah. 
I wonder if Martin like put a goat head outside his neighbor's wall, uh, outside his neighbor's door. See, the idea there is Martin would either ha- would have to find a goat head in the first, place, which is which is going to be a weird place to ask for in a mar- weird thing to ask for in a market. And secondly, I have this visual image of Martin beheading a goat, and that just makes it funnier. Like, what else does he do with the rest of the body? Just staple the goat head? I don't know. But let's leave the listener with the image of Martin holding the head of a goat. Triumphantly. Yep. 